want to thank ReviewBiz for sponsoring today's episode. By the way, did you know that reviews are today's digital word of mouth? It's also one of the most valuable business and marketing assets you have. If you're not maximizing your review strategy, then ReviewBiz platform can help you. Let ReviewBiz inspire your members to give you your first five reviews for only $1. To get started, just go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try. So then what do I need to do that stands out from everybody else? The first thing we need is a killer offer. We need an offer that stands out in a crowded group. Everyone's offering a free class, free session, free 14 dates, free month, whatever it is. Well, if you can't monetize off that, you just sound like everybody else. What you need to do is take it a step further. How many people are offering legit nutrition? How many are offering accountability? Because that's the key to it. Welcome to another great episode of the Gym Owners Growth Zone podcast, the show designed to help gym owners improve and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Andres Escobar, and I'm so grateful to have you join us today. Today, we have the first part of our two-part episode with Kale Owen, the CEO of Gym Launch and Prestige Labs. You might know Kale used to own a gym, but did you know he played baseball for the Philadelphia Phillies? He knows his stuff when it comes to sales, business, coaching, and managing a team. After putting in the work at Gym Launch since 2018, he got the CEO position for Gym Launch and two companies that they run in 2022. Before that, he was a Gym Launch client who grew his gym from 30 members to 250 members in less than a year, and he lives in sunny Florida with his wife, Maggie, who works for Gym Launch as well and Prestige Labs. They have two amazing kids together. Now, if this is your first time listening to the show, please consider subscribing to the podcast and share this episode with someone whom you think will enjoy it. And as we dive into the episode, pay attention to Kale's enthusiasm for helping gym owners and expanding their business beyond their usual daily tasks as owners. everybody. Welcome back to the Gym Owners Growth Zone Podcast. I have with us today, Kale Owen. Thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate you jumping on for your time. Is You're busy running an enterprise and we really appreciate you jumping on here at the Gym Owners Growth Zone, helping us listen and how you grew your gyms. And actually you had one gym, right, Kale? Mm, one yep. gym. And so, so Kale, here customary to give us the origin story, basically I look at gym owners as superheroes and and you're no no less. So I want to hear how you came to be here, not just on this podcast, but we are in life in the success you've had. Share with us a little bit about who Kale is. Yeah, man. Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate the time. And hopefully I can bring some value to your listeners. And So it's a very long story, so I'll keep it as short as possible. Fitness became a part of my life through my desire to become a better baseball player. And I was always the smallest kid on every team I was on. I, while I was fast, I was the smallest, weakest kid. So I became obsessed around the age of 13 years old with strength and conditioning fitness. Desire was to use strength and conditioning to get better at baseball on the baseball field. So my dream was to play big leagues, right? Every kid's dream that plays baseball. And that's when the journey started. And then as I got, I kept playing baseball, went to college, I studied business. And what's funny is in 
in college while I was playing baseball, my favorite class I ended up taking was my senior year and it was a personal training class. And it was the most fun that I'd ever had. And it was something that clicked inside of me. I was like, man, I, I just love it. I truly do love fitness. And someday it would be really cool to help people change their lives, transform their lives and help them reach their goals through fitness. Just like it's impacted my life because it helped me through what I learned and what I was able to apply through this. It, it shaped and molded the way that I thought. It changed my mindset. And it also changed how I performed on the baseball field. So for me, it was a big, I got a lot of positive reinforcements and specifically strength and conditioning. And after I got done playing baseball and got released from the Phillies organization, I had an opportunity to start a gym with a buddy of mine who I'd actually played baseball a little way back in the day. He was 12. I was nine. We played on the same team. I was terrible. He was like the older kid who had been around, like knew everybody was really good, all this stuff. And so one of my best friends to this day, and we started a gym in Tampa and we knew nothing about this. We are the perfect story of really passionate about wanting to change people's lives, really, really engrossed in the ideas of programming and achieving top performance in both humans and athletes. We spent a lot of time with high school, college, and professional athletes, as well as we had a gym offer as well and a program in the area. But our gym didn't grow because we didn't have any business acumen, no marketing, no sales. We had a partner at the time who was trying to obviously help us. And he was way more advanced and had a lot more experience on the business side, but he went about it the wrong way in his communication style and the way that he tried to run things. He was much more of a kind of a tyrant rather than someone who was trying to be a partner. And I look back at it and I don't think at this day, like to this day, when I was back in those shoes, I don't think I, I was ready to listen to that. I had to go through some of the pain. I was being what I would call a smart person, meaning that a smart person, there's three types of people in the world, right? There are stupid people, there are smart people, they're geniuses. Stupid people keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. Smart people, they make one mistake and they learn from it and move on. And then geniuses are ones that learn from other people's mistakes and they just decide not to make them. And at that time, I was acting like a smart person. I was like, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. We want to be different. We're the exception to the rule. Like, We'll figure it out. We can just buck all the general basic business principles that make every business successful and we'll just do it our own way. Well, we weren't successful. So we were struggling for a couple of years. And then I had the opportunity to start another gym in St. Augustine, Florida, across the state. And I had gone to school in St. Augustine. My wife had gone to college in St. Augustine. We'd actually met in St. Augustine. And it was just calling. And so for about a year, I was kind of talking with this, these two other people that wanted to start a gym. So long story short, ended up starting the gym here in St. Augustine in 2015. Was this the second gym or is this the first gym? Second gym. The second gym, so right? Okay. This is the second gym. So you, so didn't move, you didn't move the gym from one coast nope. to the other. You just, another one. I left my partnership there and I had a minority stake in that gym. Got it. And then I left that one and just said goodbye to it. And then was like, no, nah, I can go all in. And I had the opportunity. I got majority ownership in this one and then ended up getting more later on as one of the partners left. But we got into it and we started in 2015, made the same mistakes again, right? <laughs> With a little bit more learning, got a sure. little bit more advanced, but. Still at the same time, we made a lot of the same mistakes. We didn't have a strong marketing arm, wasn't very good at sales. I needed to improve that. Programming was great. Experience was great, but wasn't able to get new people to work. So we were struggling for really until 2017, struggling big time. And in late 2016, I'd gone online just as a way to start providing more personal income for my family because we were making nothing. And in the year of 2016, you were at GymCon when I talked about this. Year 2016, we had a, my wife and I with a baby, this is nuts, 
had a combined tax return of $29,000 combined with a one and a half year old, almost two year old. So are we competing? Because I, I, I can compete with you too. I, yeah, I, I man, have a story, I'm sure. a story just like that. That's like crazy. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I remember doing date nights with my wife and we go to 50 Cent Wing Night. That was our date night, like right. once a month because we couldn't afford it. 50 Cent Wings. And if we were splurging, we get 12 wings, right? Because we eat more back at home. Oh, yeah. It was just a chance for us to get out of the house. Yeah. She'd have one shot top. I'd have like a dollar beer yangling yeah. or something. Right. And then if we're really going crazy, we get a slice of like peanut butter pie. We were just talking about that. That's right. That's right. That pie, the pie days. I remember, I remember the story. No, dude, that was <laughs> it, man. And I just, I remember thinking, and I just remember being like, this is not how it's So ended up going online. Problem with that though, and maybe this will help anyone that's listening to this is when you have split attention, right? One thing could be doing better, but once you split that attention, the other thing is going to drop. And so what happens is you get a net loss or a net neutral result. If you do not have the systems and the processes and the right people in place inside of one business, aka one location, if you're a multi-location owner, or you want to think about starting another location, if you don't have it to where you don't have to be in there and it can still grow and it can still profit, then you can't leave it. Because as soon as you go and try to do something else, or you try to even bolt on a new service or something different that requires you to be a part of this other entity, then it's just going to bring everything down. So doing that, I made actually more money from online than I did in the gym. I still had like three years left. And so struggling, I was like eight weeks from shutting my doors. And then I have a conversation. I see an ad about Alex and I'd actually seen him on a call before in this online group that I was at. That's how I got connected. And I was like, this guy. So Alex Ramosi, if sure, most people are probably in this space. Yeah, if not, in this place for sure. I and mean, this is yeah, a place that they need, need to need, know. <laughs> yeah, need zero introduction on that one. So I have, I have I, a story about him. I heard he used to dress up in a tie and uh, suit and everything yeah, back in presentation oh, yeah. back in the day. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. If you go back to his old uh, click funnels, funnel hacking days, like you right. can see him, he presents. It's, yeah, suit, tie, the whole thing. Yeah. So oh, crazy. ended up signing up with Gym Launch in 2017, last day shop at my gym. And we made as much in 10 days as we did in the previous nine months. And we literally tripled the size of our gym in 10 days and wow. using the right systems, the right marketing systems. But the cool part was it wasn't just this one pop. So what we did was we we followed the systems within Gym Launch, which we still teach today because they're basic business principles, right? Business model, boutique facilities to grow and scale their facilities. And we took that. And then my wife and I, inside of the business, she was able to quit her job as a bartender, come in, we worked together. Together, we were able to scale from 33 members to over 250 members at eight. And using the right systems, we built an entire team around us to where we didn't have to be there. It could continue to run and not just run, but also get exceptional results for our client. We had less than 3% churn for the last, like for nine months straight up until we sold and we weren't even in the gym. And so 3% churn, month less than that. It was like 2.5, 2.6, 2.7, 2.3. And we had 250. Any one digit churn is amazing in the, yeah. the gym world. Forget it. Yeah. And we were able to still scale. So like I remember the three months up until we sold our sales guide at the time, he had a hundred percent close. A hundred percent. I know people are gonna be like, no way. No, I swear. The last 12 weeks, he sold a hundred percent of the people that walked in the door. Your price so, wasn't high enough. Kale, no, your was. price wasn't high enough. <laughs> 100%. Dude, that's what I would have told myself back then. But at that that's point, right. I was selling it. So we were, we were selling $500 up front. Everybody that came in had to right. pay $500 to start. Right. But that's great. We, so we built it, scaled it, and then sold it in March of 2019. But there's this weird overlap where I, in 2018, had the opportunity to come on and start doing sales and work for Gym Launch. I was fully bought into the system, fully bought into the culture, believer. I was a 
believer in the system because I had done it. And so I had that opportunity, came on, started in sales. Three months later, became a sales manager. About seven, six to, I can't even remember, if it was six to eight months later, became coaching manager. So I switched to the product side and helped develop okay. a, a coaching team of about 30 different coaches to roll out a brand new product, which rolled out in, I think it was July of 2019. And then in January of 2020, became the GM right before COVID hit. Yeah. And so became that. And then I was GM for about almost two years. And then December 24th, Christmas Eve, 2021, we ended up getting the majority acquisition from APG American Pacific Group, which is a private equity firm out of California. And they acquired the majority of the business and I became CEO. So now we have within our portfolio of companies, we have three companies. We have Gym Launch, which is a consulting company for gyms. We help gyms be able to grow gyms. We have Prestige Labs, which is a premier supplement business that helps gym owners be able to provide high quality supplements to their members and be able to get paid handsomely for it. In fact, we've given out, I believe we're at over $17 million in given to gym owners, just regular gym Love owners that. since 2018. Yeah. And we also have a startup that's a tech is called gymowners.com, which is on the shirt. And that is it's where, coming. what we're building. Yep. Yeah, it's so, coming. So good. I'm excited about that. Those, those, those are great, great endeavors. Man, thank you for that, dude. That was That's great. I'm sure you compacted. That was like, whew. Like, there's a lot of lessons. Shrink wrapped on that. <laughs> a lot. There's a lot on there. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because it's been eight years since I started the second location, but I've been in the gym industry for since 2011. So you're looking at like 12 wow. years now, soon to be 13. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome, man. That's congratulations, dude. Congratulations Thanks, to, to you and, and Maggie and, and, and uh, dude, I'm, you know, I, this just came to mind. Like what's next? What are you envisioning for, for you guys? next steps, any ideas, anything that you can disclose over here? I don't know. It's it's maybe you don't know or yeah, I don't know. No, I mean, we're a pretty open book about what we're trying to do. Our goal is to help gym owners reach more people, change more lives, build more profit. And our goal at Gym Launch is to provide them with all the different types of revenue streams and technology to be able to, so that gym owners can have more time, friends to go on vacation while still making a massive profit. And to have the skill sets to become a true owner, not just an operator. So there's lots of gym owners that may be listening to this and you love training and that's okay. But what happens with that, if you are not making enough profit, it's not that you're choosing to train people. It's you are locked into that. You are a prisoner to training people, being on the floor. How awesome would it be if you didn't have, but you got to choose to do it. You got to wake up and work with your best clients because you have an incredible team around you and you also have the money to where you could be like, cool guys, I'm going on a two week vacation with my family. We'll see it when we get back. And your gym not only stays, doesn't just stay the same, it grows. And so our goal is to be able to give as much resources, education, and actual done for you services that allow gym owners that freedom and creates that freedom inside of them. Because we want to change the world. Because I firmly believe that gym owners are the true front lines. It is. Yeah. And I love gym owners. Like gym owners, in my opinion, are the coolest, yeah. craziest, hardest working entrepreneurs in the world. Because yeah. we were out there, like for me, just like any gym owner listening to this, you're out there selling something. We were just talking about this before we started recording. You're out there selling something, providing a service that people have to have, like truly have to have in order to live a longer life, but they don't want it. They don't want to do it. Nobody likes to work out. They'd rather go to the doctor, right? Yeah. They'd rather go take a shot. They'd rather go take a pill. Like it's just is what it is, but you're out there doing that in spite of that. And so yeah. I firmly believe that like, if you can be successful in fitness, you can be successful in doesn't matter. I think so too. I think I think it, it just resonates with so many things. 
people ask me, is this just for gym owners? No, you can listen to the podcast. If you don't have a gym, you're going to get a lot of nuggets that you can pick up and run with and just improve your life in, in some, some ways. And I've gotten reviews where it's like, wow, like, I can't believe it impacted you. Like, yeah, this has helped me so much. I'm like, I love it. Awesome. <laughs> we'll keep doing it. You know, it's like the, the juice that you need to keep going. I love it, dude. Yep. And so, so good, dude. is a beautiful word to hear when you're scoring on the soccer field. This last World Cup was won by Argentina because of one important player. Yeah, you got it. It was the goalie. He secured the win for the team. And in the same way, ReviewBiz platform will catch negative reviews before they go online. In addition, it helps you score and promote fresh new reviews so you can crush the competition. So don't let those big box gyms take your clients. ReviewBiz will help you build your online presence and turn your own members into your best sales reps. Get your first five reviews for only $1. All you got to do is go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try to get started. One of the first things that we talk about here is life being a roller coaster and it has ups and downs, lefts, right turns. And if you don't have guardrails, if you don't have a track that you're going on, you're not going to reach that goal that you see for your life. And so, Kale, in your life, what has been the guardrails, the track that helped you get to where you're at? Yeah. These are several, right? Faith is one. And this is a business podcast, so I'll keep that very brief and I'll keep it right there, even though it's a yeah. major part of my life. It's how I make No, you can, you can get as lanes. deep as you want in that. It's whatever's, listen, we talk about God here as, and sometimes we don't. And it's like, I'm cool either way, right? Sweet. Well, I'll keep it short because I think from value standpoint across for sure. the board, for many people, I'll stay on the business side, but faith is what impacts. A, it's the frame in which I see the world. And so a lot of the decisions and actions, a lot of decisions I make and the actions that I take come from that lens. Regardless of that, because that gives me a hope for something long-term, eternal from my side, which gives me a lot of joy. So regardless of the roller coaster and the ups and downs, there's an eternal joy that's there for me where I don't get, yes, you can get upset and you can see the things, but at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter, right? So when I look a hundred years from now, like it doesn't matter. So if I'm going to let it affect me now, it's just going to impact the way that I show up for my wife, the way that I show up for our team, for our clients and do my daily job. But on the business side, it first starts with a vision, right? And for me, that's never been something that's been a problem for me. I've been a crazy dreamer and a visionary and just like, hey, I think that we can do this. And I've been blessed to learn from incredible greats inside of this industry, specifically Alex and Leila Mosey, and spending time with them and the vision that they have imparted on us and what I've learned from them helps shape that vision of where we're trying to go. And so getting to learn from them and stand on the shoulders of greats like them has really been an incredible opportunity. But I think it starts with a vision that's big enough and scary enough to be like, whoa, you know what? I don't, man, like this would be amazing if I get it. I'm going to have to work my ass off to get there, right? Like I'm just going to have to work hard. And so for me, it starts with a vision. But the next thing is, is okay, vision. Then it's like, what are the behaviors that are required in order to achieve that vision? And then instead of focusing on the vision every single day, I actually focus on the behaviors because Growing up playing baseball, if you're a great baseball hitter, you get out seven out of 10 times and you're in the Hall of Fame. So failure is a part of the process. The ups and downs of every pitch, every at bat, every game, you name it. 
And so you have to deal with teammates, all these. So these lessons I learned overall through my tenure as a baseball player helped shape the way that I show up today. And I, I realized that at a young age, and I was fortunate enough to realize this, that if I fall in love with the process, if I fall in love with hitting 100 balls off the tee and doing it, if I fall in love with getting ground balls every single day, throwing it accurately across the diamond, so I was in the, that mentality will help me long-term achieve my vision. So if we expand the time horizon, as Alex likes to say, right? If you expand the time horizon, if I do these behaviors over time within the right opportunity, with the right amount of leverage, it's unreasonable that I wouldn't see success. Right. That's and it. so for me, when the ups and downs happen, I'm like, I go back to, are we doing the basics? Like we're going through this right now within Gym Watch. We have some things that we want to fix and improve upon. And it's like, are we doing the basics? Are we calling all of our leads within three minutes? Are we answering customer support tickets in less than five minutes? Are we closing out customer support tickets same day or within 24 hours, right? Are we getting amazing reviews? Are we getting NPS scores that are getting massively positive NPS scores? Are clients seeing incredible results? Is their average cash collected every single week going up? Is it going down? Where's it trending? What's their churn? Like these are the things that I'm like, okay, cool. And then we dissect each and every one of them and then we act on those. And so it's for me, it's big vision. And then it's like, what are the behaviors? And then I stick to the behaviors. And then it's like, these are the behaviors. I show up every day and we do the basic and the basic because they're building. And then as they build over time, then it's unreasonable not to see some measure of success. Right. Where's the connect, right? The connection yeah. with the vision and the behaviors is like, okay, the behaviors, are they lining up to that vision? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I said, like, Perfect. hey, are the metrics there or not there? And so I love that. Yeah. The whole connection is not, and I think, right, we've heard, heard it from Gary, he's like the clouds in the dirt, you know, that's definitely that, that same I can, thing. So you want me to give it. insight into how we set goals? Like here? Oh yeah, dude. I, it might be helpful. Please okay. blow so, our minds if you can, so, please. <laughs> it's probably not. It's very basic. Most businesses. No, but you know what? The basic stuff is, is the things we forget about and we just get oh, an entrepreneur seat. I heard it. Entrepreneur seizure. Where it's like, oh, oh yeah, let's try that. This thing worked, but let's try something else. Instead of just continuing, just hitting this thing that's going to constantly work for us. We're like, oh, let's yeah. try something else. Make something new. Like well, you said it earlier. We're not on the, on the, on the podcast, but you said it like, Let's try, try. Oh, what was it you said? Oh, Kale. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Anyways. I don't know. I oh, can't remember. God. Oh, it was right there. Like, you just try something else. It was like, you just want to try something else. Like, it works, but it does. Anyways, go ahead, please, with the goals. <laughs> yeah. So, on the goal side, so we have a, the way it works, and context for anyone listening to this, I would go about this slightly differently as a gym owner, and I can give what I would do as a gym owner. But this is what we do as a company that does multi, eight figures across the board every year with high margins. And we're owned by private equity. So keep in mind, private equity game is different than a solopreneur or just owning your own business. So with that mindset, we do what we call, we have three stages goal setting. Number one is desired superior outcome. We call them DSOs. So we have DSOs that are set three to five years out. Those are like very little actual numbers involved with those goals much more, how do we want to be perceived? What's the desired superior outcome? Like dream state, what do I want my business to look like? Dream state. We only have one, because it's private equity, we only have one monetary goal, and that would be EBITDA. And like, what do we want our EBITDA to at that point? For anyone listening, it's earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Basically, it's close to net profit, but not quite. So the next thing after that, so that's three to five years. Well, we can't act on that on three to five years, right? So the next thing that we do is we set VFOs, vital few objectives. Those vital few objectives are yearly VFOs. And so those all drive to the DSO. 
to try to reach the DSO. Those are yearly. But we can't act on yearly because how do we do the daily? Right. So then after that, we have MITs, most important tasks. These are done every quarter. We're about to go next week into our quarterly meetings. And why am I out of breath? I need to walk. <laughs> I should have told you, get some water. <laughs> it's all good. good. So it's all we're good. about to have our, we do a quarterly strategic meeting and board meetings, but we set MITs for the quarter and we do no more than five. And we break those down, those MITs into behaviors that have to happen. And so each one has an owner, each one has a deadline, and each one has associated tasks that are needed to complete that MIT so that MIT is completed successfully, which then leads us to our VFOs. And so it allows us to be able to check cross off VFOs earlier than a year, and then we just add more VFOs. And then we always go back, usually twice, two to three times a year, we take a look at our DSOs and ask, does this still make sense? Is there something new? Is there some new piece of data that we found, some new piece of information? That would change the way we look at our desired sphere. And so then we reverse engineer. And then each manager and team member has these daily habits basically given to them of these behaviors that have to be done on a daily basis to help the overall team be able to achieve those MITs, which then help us achieve the VFOs, which then help us achieve the desired sphere. There's lots of ways to break that chain and to make it not happen, right? Accountability is one. If there's no accountability, no communication, those things, they happen. Market, Fluctuations impact a lot of it, so Can't there's control. lots of yeah. lots of things that have to happen across the board. But that helps us be able to create the right plan and track the right behaviors. If I'm a gym owner, I would typically look. I would still use a three to five year goal, but I would set everything up. If I'm a solopreneur, I own a gym, or maybe I have a partner, I would look at it as like five years or three years. I want to have a sellable asset, meaning I can't be on the floor, I can't be coaching sessions. My business has to be able to grow with me, meaning I can't sell. I can't be the face of my business. I have to have a full team, operational team that can do all of the things inside of the business, help it grow and sales without me being in there. And here's the cool part. If you don't sell your business, that means you bought it. Yeah. So think about that way. If you didn't sell your business in three years, that means you bought it. But here's the cool part. You don't have to be in it. But if you think of it that way, that means you create a real business, not a prison for yourself to be trapped in. And that's where most gym owners... I was there and so many gym owners are trapped in it where if they leave, they go on vacation, they're praying their gym doesn't burn. Yeah. Right? They're praying something doesn't happen. They're praying, can we please get more leads? Like, I have to shut off ads because I'm gone. Right? I mean, I had to do that back in the day. I mean, I'm a salesperson. I had to shut off ads. So my lead flow stops. That's not a business. Not. Right? Not. It's not a business. It's a job. You just bought yourself a job. It's all And I would even say it's worse. It's worse. It's right. right. You know, look at the data. This is for gym owners. I need you guys to understand this because I was there. The average gym in the United States out of 115,000 establishments in the United States, the average gym makes $326,000 a year in revenue. That's top line, gross revenue. The average gym in the United States out of those 115,000 gyms has 11.3 profit. So to put that in perspective, they make $36,000 a year. If you wanted to sell that, you're going to sell that for less than, and that's if you had systems, you're going to sell that for less than $100,000. So you're going to work 10 years, eight years, five years to build a business and walk away with 100000 And then after taxes, it's going to be 50, right? Is that really what you want to do? Or do you want to build something that can sustain and create real cash flow for you? So I'll stop. That was a bonus. You got a bonus there. I love it. Everybody got bonuses. You know, it reminds me of the book. I've ever read the book Traction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like the EOS model. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, to me, you know, these, Yeah. These uh, level 10 meetings, right? That's, I'm trying to yes. remember. Level 10 meetings and 
And so you have, everyone has the, the boulders, the rocks and the pebbles. And, mm-hmm. and I love how you took us through that, that journey and, and how you laid it out with Ibra inside and, and, oh, they love it. Love it. So good. Oh, hopefully everybody was like taking notes. Cause I was, I was so, That's and you guys can re- rewind. I can't rewind. This is real life here. <laughs> and if I can add one more piece for yeah. gym owners, if you're like, what should I be shooting for? Cause we get this question a lot. What benchmark should I be shooting for financially? We call it the 30, 40, 30. And that is you want 30% of your revenue to go towards payroll, 40% of your revenue to go towards all other expenses, including rent, marketing, non-payroll specific. And that payroll includes you on a small, as the owner, you should be on there with a small salary. And then your goal is 30% profit. So 30, 40, 30. So that should be the goal that you do. We have tons of gems. I mean, we just shared a bunch on my social media. If you go to at there's and gym watch, we just shared a bunch gym owners right now, like a gym owner in uh, Boston, small CrossFit facility. They've made, they've averaged $1,000 in profit every day. This So we're on the 20th, that is the recording of this in July. They made $20,000 in profit. Another one's at 67% profit margins, right? So like it's possible, yeah. but you have to have the right business model and you have to have the right team, you have yeah. to have the right systems, but it's definitely possible. It is. I- just buckle down, just buckle down and, and do and stay consistent. Like do, do the basics. Right. I think you mentioned earlier, just do those things and, and get the right people around you. I think that's the key. Like the team is, yeah. that's how you win. That's how you win big time. Yeah. I love it. And we probably, I don't think we really hit on the obstacles, but I know in your journey, you had obstacles and you had challenges in your business and life. Tell us the story of how you were able to see it, the obstacle, right? As an obstacle and then overcome it. If you could think of yeah, that. there's lots of different things. You know, there's personal, there's business. Like 2015, my mom passed away. I was a month and a half into starting the gym in St. Augustine. She passed away. I get the call and having to take that in and still work. Right then, there's the ups and downs of business. Having to almost we we're eight weeks from shutting our door. I admit getting into gym launch, and then when you start to grow, new problems arise, and it's like, how do I fix those? And it's the same thing now. Problems are constantly up. I tell our executive team, it's job security, right? When new problems occur, it's our job to find the solution, fix them. And it's great job security. I joke around about that. But my process first is what's the problem we're trying to solve? And I just keep asking more and more questions because what I found over time is it's not typically the most obvious answer. And I'm taking this, this is context, context for everyone. I'm taking this from the standpoint of my position as CEO with almost 70 employees. For me, it's not always the answer that's being given. It always usually requires more digging, more digging. Sometimes it is a thing, but there's a lot of times where I'll dig into the data and the metrics, and that's not the true problem that we're trying to solve. But if you can isolate the true problem you're trying to solve, it clears out all the noise. Because when you're stuck there and everything seems to be crumbling, it seems like everything is crumbling and you can't see the forest through the trees. And you feel like you have to fix everything at one time, but no one can do that. So that I've been able to do this, and I don't know why. I can't tell you why, but I've Maybe it's because my wife will be like, you just have this innate ability. So no. And it's not great when my kids are screaming and they need me. I'm not <laughs> looking or something. But it works really well in the storm of business where I have the ability to zone out. And if you can develop this, and I think anybody can develop this, where you isolate the problems and then you force rank the problems on which one, if I fix this problem, what's the domino effect of that? And you put it into a hierarchy of the biggest problem that will have if I fix it, we'll have the biggest result. And if you could do that, then you can then attack the next problem. But here's a perfect example. 
We just had a conversation with a gym owner that had sold their second location because we told them we don't believe that most gym owners have multiple locations because most gym owners do not have the ability at the scale that they're at to be able to manage two locations. Yeah. I think it's a pipe dream. I think it's something sold by a lot of franchises. I think it's horrible. I think, you know, if if I could touch on that a little bit and just double click, it's like, I think you got to find another gym owner personality to run that gym, right? Because it's like, you know, maybe it has a partnership and that's their not. They might as well just start their own. They might as well just start their own. Yep, there's not no margin. So the way to do it is you have one gym, highly yeah. profitable, or you have 20 or 30. That's like the only way to make, and then you bundle them up like a fund and then you sell them. Mm. That's like the two right. ways to like make it the best. And then That's you can have you lower margins across all of them, but you have it, you bundle them up and you sell them to a larger group. So yeah, so this gym owner, two locations, sold one, getting back into the other main location, it's struggling. She's like, where should I put my attention? Well, I got to ask questions. Like that. Tell me about your turn. Like you say, struggling. The first question for me is like marketing and churn. So how many are we signing up? How many are leaving? She's like, my churn is roughly like 10 or 11%. She's a large group training. I'm like, okay, that's not horrible. So that's not the biggest problem right now, unless marketing is crushing. And then I ask her about how are you doing on sales? She's like, like we've sold one person last two years. And I'm like, okay, cool. I was like, what is your closer currently in that facility? What's her closing percentage? She's like 50. I was like, what do you typically close at? She's like 75, 80%. I was like, great. Your closer's gone, or you can keep them in there, and you both need to close and sell at the same time. So you need to put all of your focus and all of your time on marketing because for most gyms, cash flow fixes a lot of problems inside of the business. So one way that you could do it, and this is what I told her inside into our coaching call, set it up to where you have you're pumping people in to two different appointments. So you have five people coming into the one closer, five people coming into you. Let's say you have 10 people show up. One of you, you close three, the other person closes two. You just close five in 45 minutes and they're selling a $600 offer. Okay. Right? Now just do that over and over and over again. Then the next problem will occur where you now we need to go back in and fix the churn and the leaky bucket on the back end. But now yeah. you have a system where you have cash flow to be able to give you breathing room to be able to do that. But not every business is like that. But the majority of gyms, that is the primary problem. They do not have consistent, reliable acquisition, which is why they struggle. Yeah. Acquisition is, is a huge, you know, the competition is, there really is no competition. I don't see it. Like, and you, you could, you could argue with me. It's like every gym has its uniqueness. And if you don't have uniqueness, then you, you are competing. <laughs> you don't have a uniqueness to you. I will challenge you on that one. Please. Yeah. I love, I love it. Please. I love a challenge. Come on. I think actually having that mindset for most gym owners is what keeps them down. Okay. And here's why. Yeah. Because everyone likes to think that they're the exception. Yes. My community's different. That's what we're talking about. That's where. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. it. <laughs> my community's different. My people love me. My trainers are amazing. Everyone loves my stuff. And yeah. then I'm like, cool, how many members do you have? They're like, I have 45. I was like, well, yeah, of course they love you. You have 45 members yeah. and you're the owner spending time with them. Yeah. Of course they love you. But you have 45 members. What that tells me, and I've been open for three years. What that tells me is that what you're offered to the marketplace, what you're offering to them is not valuable. Because in three years, you should have, we have gyms right now, like, Ed, who did a podcast with you, sure. he'll have 100 to 120 members starting day one in his new facility. Uh-huh. Day one. Mm-hmm. They've all paid him $600 to start. Mm-hmm. And like the thing for gym owners to understand is you are not special. You are not you. There's hundreds of thousands of gyms just in North America. Right. They're all trying to sell the same thing. Yeah. Let's, let's boil it down, right? Yeah. They're all trying to help people live a healthier, longer life and look better. That's what they're trying to do. Yep. Guess what? That's what you're trying to do. If you boil it down, you could talk about why well, use this training technique. Right. I use the, this the training technique, or, or or you know, we do boxing combined with CrossFit, or you know, we have a special programming for 
equestrians, right? And that's what I mean. So that's- Yeah, the- exactly. But it's like, but you think that's special. Yeah. Your marketplace doesn't think that's special because when we have, when we're heading towards the majority of the US being obese, something's broken. It's broken. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. If we just take ourselves out of the situation, because I was that gym owner. I could speak to this. I was that gym sure, owner. Sure. I was on a call with Layla Hermosi telling her, my community is amazing. We have a really great programming. No one ever leaves. And she's like, got it. And she's, I could just know in the back of her head, she's like, okay, all right. And I had 33 members. Like I was that guy. <laughs> We're not, guys. Yeah. So the best thing any gym owner can do is just stop thinking you're special. Right. And instead be like, okay, wait a second. If I'm not special, then that means that I need to start doing something special. Yeah. What's, yeah. Yeah. So then what do I need to do that stands out from everybody else? The first thing we need is a killer offer. We need an offer that stands out in a crowded room. Everyone's offering a free class, free session, free 14 days, free month, whatever it is. Well, if you can't monetize off that, you just sound like everybody else. What you need to do is take it a step further. How many people are offering nutrition, actual nutrition, like legit nutrition? How many are offering accountability? Because that's the key to it. Huge. And then your fitness, how many of you can consistently provide an exceptional experience to all levels of fitness? Not just your best, not just your healthiest, the worst. And I mean the people that are 50 pounds overweight, never worked out before. How many of you can provide an exceptional experience to them? And how many of you can do it without you in the room? That's the key. And then can you showcase your testimonials? Can you showcase? And then can you provide creative ways for people to pay you? Can you provide creative ways to keep them to stay? Can you provide community? Can you incentivize them outside of just the gym? Can you create reward systems outside of just the gym rather than just being in the gym? Because we like to live in this bubble of like fitness is everything. Well, guess what? 99% of the world couldn't care less. They're just trying to survive. The point, and I, this is the point for me, and this is what clicked for me when I got towards the end. When I stepped out of the gym on the floor, I realized I was like, I used to be this. I used to be so crazy about programming. Like, programming is everything. Got to have the right program. And then it clicked one day when I had a member come in. And one of our trainers had accidentally, because she switched trainers, repeated the same thing that they'd been doing the six weeks before. So they did six weeks of programming, repeated the same six weeks again. Wow. First six weeks, lost okay. 20 pounds. Next six weeks, lost 20 pounds. Okay. Didn't matter. Lost same programming. That's not, same what program. we, that's not what we were taught. We're like, you no, need a I'm different like, program. Didn't matter. <laughs> didn't matter at all. And the customer loved us. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, it doesn't matter. And wow, what I realized that's a value I, drop. I mean, if you guys didn't like minds blow right there, that's huge. In context for all the programming haters out there, all the programming nerds that will say, hey, no, you that's dumb. Like you need great program. Of course, you need a solid base. Of program. You need solid. to focus on the five primary movements, right? You need to learn how to squat. You need to learn how to hip hinge, how to lunge, how to pull, like row, and how to push. You need to be able to do all of those moves. We need to move through different planes, but that's easy. You can go to ChatGPT right now and, and have it pump out a bunch of different programming options. It's Dude, easy. I do that when I go to the, the hotel. I'm like, I'm at the hotel. We have this equipment. Give me a program yeah. and bam, done. Yeah. It's not that hard. It's not that it's hard. Not hard. <laughs> it's a, so this is what's really important for everyone, for gym learners. It's a low skill right. thing. Man, that's it. Very low skill. And so we actually just did a podcast wow. with Ed, Mike, and I. And Mike is a GM of Gym Launch. Oh, yeah. And we Mike, talked yeah. about Yeah. We talked about the hiring hierarchy that has to happen inside of gym. The very first hire any gym owner should make is trainers. Because being on the floor is the lowest ROI of your time. Right. Period. Right, I story. see it all the time. The, the owner's in the freaking... He's like, there's... Ah, oh, kills me. Like, it's just... It's the lowest. The next yeah. one would be an admin. Hire an admin next to get the admin stuff off. The next one would be lead nurture. 
because lead nurture is just like lead nurture for anyone listening is what happens after you get a lead to the point of them showing up. That's lead nurture. And that in and of itself is a skill, but it's a skill that's like ditch digging. You just do the same thing over and over. It's just blue collar work, just over and over, over and over, call, selfies, all the same stuff. The next one would be a GM or like an operator within your business. You can manage the day-to-day team, trainers, the admin, all that stuff. The next one would be either outsourcing marketing, if you haven't already, or bringing it in-house and doing marketing. And then the last one is sales because sales is the most expensive position you'll ever hire for because it's the key to growth. And I see too many times gym owners go the opposite where it's like, I hate sales. I don't want to do sales. Well, guess what? Like, Here's what's really cool. This is an ego boost for any gym owner out there. You'll always be the best salesperson in your gym. And here's why. Because you're the owner. You're the CEO. Yeah. When you walk in a room, people are going to listen. And if you have a successful gym, you could be a mediocre salesperson, walk into a room and you'll close someone just because you happen to own the gym. So if you have a basic knowledge of sales, you're going to be exceptional, but it's the most expensive. So sorry, I'm going off a whole bunch of I love I love that this. sequence, dude. I mean, listen, if you guys didn't write that down, please rewind and listen again. Because if you guys didn't catch the whole lead nurturing and sales, they're like in toast. Lead nurture was like in the second one. And sales was like the last. Guys, that, that's huge. You people just bunch it up together. Like it's all sales. No, yeah. it's not. It's a skills hierarchy. Yeah. It's a hiring and skills hierarchy on which needs to happen. And you always have your, there's a reason trainers get paid and they, trainers bitch about this all the time. They're like, I should get paid more. Well, it's not a high skill. It's really not. Like you can go and get a cert in like 12 weeks, or whatever the length of time is now. Yeah. Get a cert, train a little bit and you can start training people. You see this all the time. Like it's not, we think it's more valuable than the marketplace deep. And what we have to do as business owners is take a step back and understand what is the market deepest value? And we have to make our decisions based off that. That's why I struggled because I thought my program was valuable. The marketplace didn't think so. I only had 33 members. They look at everything as the same. Like, okay, we'll try this one. This one didn't work for me. All right, let me try this one. This one, you got to make it work for them. That's it. The accountability is huge. Man, that was a really cool episode. I really enjoyed what Kale said about having three types of goals to help the business grow. By the way, what was your favorite takeaway from the episode? I want you to connect with me and share your message on Instagram with at meetesco. And I would love to hear your thoughts. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the episode today. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show on the platform you're currently listening on. And remember to leave us a rating and review because that helps us improve our show. And it also would mean the world to us. Make sure to check us out on YouTube. It's the place where you'll be able to get the same amazing content plus more. As always, I want to thank you so much for your encouragement. And I truly appreciate you listening to the podcast and helping us improve with your comments. And I'll be seeing you next time in the growth zone. Our show today was brought to you by our incredible team, starting with production from TSE Studios, music consulting by Tyler Schmeling, our lovely guest coordinator, Anna Ponce, and focus juice from our project coordinator, Mauricio Murillo, and myself, Andres Escobar, as the host. Thanks to ReviewBiz for sponsoring this episode. And if you want to get the most out of your review strategy, then go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try so you can get your first five reviews from your real members for only $1.